Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today we are coming to you live from San Marcos at My Yard Live with the two co-founders, Mark and Jamie. So we've got a very special episode because I've met these guys three times in real life. We've communicated for multiple years as they've opened this business, but to be here now in San Marcos, I know the venue's closed because it's a Tuesday, but I came up here because I'm very excited that we're gonna have a family celebration coming up and remembering that you guys were on Behind the Smoke, episode 86, back above the butcher shop with Derek Marceau, myself. Yeah. It was before you guys opened up this business, you were telling us we're gonna raise $2.7 million, we're gonna open up this incredible live venue, community feel, family feel, incredible food, incredible brewery. And you did it. You actually did it. You're living the dream. Now we're up here. I can't wait to have our family celebration. And I can't wait to learn about what you guys have been up to. It's been a tough time, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. And yeah. and when we first met, our first meeting was with James Langley. Langley. That's yeah. correct. And we went there uh, for an investor meeting. We were introduced yes. to James and we walked in and Sean was sitting there. <laughs> I think for maybe some of the same reasons at the time, I'm not sure, but, and, and we met uh, there and even before we were on the podcast, um, that was just after Mark and I were in his sunroom in OB drinking beers, writing on a vision concept. board. Yeah, that's so, incredible. What year was that? When, when was this vision board? 17? 20, yeah, 2017. 17, yeah. 2017. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like when we uh, go back and, and look at what we put on paper, yeah, it literally. Like we almost nailed exactly what we, our vision was. You know, we wrote out this vision scope and you go back and you revisit exactly what we, you know, what our plan was, what, you know, what kind of, you know, elements we wanted in the space and everything. We pretty much hit it all. I mean, it's, it's incredible for me. I mean, I have hair standing up on my, on my arm because literally why we started this podcast, why we share the content that we share is we want to be inspired by people that are playing the game within the game. There's people that want to do and there's people that actually do. You guys had a dream, you had a vision. The first time I met with you was with James Langley. We were sitting down at at one actually his brewery yeah, yeah. at his brewery yeah. in uh, in downtown resident, and you were resident, you, resident brewery resident, yeah, yeah. and you're sitting there selling this vision you know that you're trying to raise 2.7 million dollars which is a significant raise to pull off this huge dream that you had but to go from that to where you guys came to behind the smoke pre-opening to actually come here to see what you've built it's absolutely incredible appreciate that yeah, i really mean it, it's it must be hard to to see how far you've come when you live in the wheat it's hard to see the forest when you live in the trees yeah and especially what's happened over the last you know 2 years so we were open for 9 months right so we had july 2019 july 1st right cash yeah, registers july were 1st. on and um Nine months later, you know, we were, we were, we were cruising. We were on our way and, and, you know, good, bad and indifferent. We, you know, like everybody else, you open up and you have things that you hit on the head and you have things that you want to improve. And we had all those, but nine months later, we were looking at March uh, 16th. It was St. Patrick's yeah. day, 2017. And I remember standing right here with everybody and going, holy shit, we're in it. Yep. We're yeah. in shut down. And That's so it was nine months. So to be here still, you know, is uh, 
uh, a blessing. It's an honor. It's, I think, a testament to uh, beyond Mark and I. It's a testament to um, the scope and the vision and the community and the neighborhood and staff. people's staff and yeah. everybody who's been supporting. So. so, I mean, those are the things that we like to talk about on the podcast, the things that move people forward, someone that's listening about the perseverance. What did you do during COVID that set you apart, that allowed you to maintain revenue to stay open, to be where we are right now? Because right now is an exciting time because people want things. Like people like me, I want to place where I can bring my kids. I mean, when 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 we had you on the podcast, I hadn't even had my daughter yet. So now That's I, have, right. you I, have, pregnant, two, right? I have a two-year-old yeah. daughter, yeah. I, have a four, I have a four-year-old son, and where do I want to go to make it easy on my family, to right. make it fun for my family? Right. You guys built that. Literally, I will drive from East Lake all the way to San Marcos because of what you've built, which is super exciting. How did you maintain what you've built through the pandemic? Well, I mean, well, first, like a lot of businesses, we, you know, who knew that we'd be adding to our resume, uh, raising money from the government. <laughs> this is true, right? That is. Thank you for thank you for Check. pointing that out because we did that as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that that obviously played a, a big role for it because yes. it, it allowed us to uh, retain our staff. You know, we weren't obviously like every other restaurant. We weren't seeing. Well, first of all, we were shut. What six months out of that? Year. Yeah. And then second, um, so completely shut, no delivery. Yeah, no, completely shut. No alcohol like, to we, go. We did the delivery. Um, we did do delivery, but that that was never our main gig. It was always the on-site experience. Yep. So, um, but the times that we were open, obviously that that funding helped because a it allowed us to retain our staff, and that staff that we hired in in March of nineteen, right? Is most most of them are still with us. So I think a lot of the success was 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 our staff, you know, and the, also the fact that we've, you know, when you look around here, we have what, 7,000 square feet of outdoor space. So we weren't having to build out decks or anything like that. We, all we did was pivot, move most of our seating to the outside. So that that was definitely helpful. What's the total square footage of the space? Total, total is like 17, 17, 17, five. 17 yeah. five, yeah. That's incredible. And yeah. I think too, we, you know, like everybody did with the mandates and the guidelines and personal safety and the safety of the community and the whole thing. You know, we felt a responsibility here because we are a family space. We are a community space that um, we always were, I think, ahead of the game in safety. What's kind of good for not only the business and keeping our doors open because that's, you know, long term sustainability is huge, but also like what's good for the community and how is that going to pay off in, in the future where somebody came here during the pandemic, the the, the the tables were spaced, they were outside, were open air. We actually switched um, opposite from a lot of people. We were fast casual when we started up. So order at the counter, grab a number, go down, we'll, we'll run and get your food. Um, we actually switched during the pandemic to a full service restaurant. Interesting. And everybody we talked to says, wow, you guys did the complete opposite of everybody. Everybody yeah. is trying to you know, save money, do things more efficient, the whole thing. And we were trying to do that too. Um, but we looked at it and we said, what's gonna make the neighborhood, what's gonna make the folks more comfortable? You know, is it standing in a line, waiting, crowds, the whole thing? We said, no, it's sitting down, having your space, having your pod, having your family, having your community. And um, to the extent that we actually shut down a few months, 
um, where we could have been open. And we did so, again, not only for the sustainability of the business, but safety of the staff and what was happening during that time. And, and I think that's, that's paid off in the, in the long run. I love to talk more about that as anyone that listens to this podcast knows that we are heavily invested in technology. The podcast is called Digital Hospitality. We believe all businesses need to be digital first, but also need to be in the hospitality business. And there's never been a more interesting time for me as a restaurant owner, for you as restaurant owners to see how is technology enabling us to provide better hospitality, but also do things like go from quick quick service to full service, or from our case, from full service to quick service. So many shifts are happening in so many different concepts. What I do see is that there will always be a need for human touch. People want to be taken care of. People want those memorable moments. How do you incorporate Toast, because I know you are Toast customers, how do you incorporate Toast into what you're building here as a live venue? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we've actually recently pivoted again. Pivot, pivot became the most popular word in Omaha and pivot. Yeah, the key word pivot, right? Um, Omaha and pivot, there so you go. So one of the things we've done is we've incorporated the QR, um, or we order call it pay. order at the table, yep. um, which is, you know, it's, it's, in some ways, there's some other places that have been have been doing it, but it's been it's definitely been a um, you know incredibly successful on main levels, and we're still kind of kind of working out the the kinks. You know, like we're currently doing full order at the table, but we it's a semi hybrid where we still have dedicated servers to to each section, mm-hmm. so they're just but they're able to monitor more tables than if the, if it was full service, then you know you maybe have six tables. Um, per server where now one server can take on multiple tables and it's it's been successful we've seen some hurdles as far as um, certain people just don't want to use it that's yeah. their, that's their big deal so you know we're a lot of discussion about pivoting again but like still sticking mostly with with QR but then maybe having some full service tables for those people that don't you know don't want to use the, the the QR so there's been a lot of positive including we can take a huge walk-in with no problem, you know, mm-hmm. because they're doing all the ordering, so it takes the stress off the server, and so that's been a huge, huge benefit to it. But I say the biggest hurdle is just people, like, it's, you know, people sometimes are scared of things that are new. Yeah. Um, you can probably add to that. Yeah, and, and, you know, early on we started off with a QR um, for our menu, and we use, uh, we use a program or an application called Sprouter, Okay. And Sprouter allows you to create QR code and kind of one splash page. We were able to do our menu, make a reservation, uh, order online, upcoming events, any announcements. So people could just hit their QR and it would pull it all, all up on their phone. So so it eliminated, um, you know, kind of so it's a classic mobile, It's a menu. mobile first website. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, With exactly. multiple landing pages. If you do choose to go to the Toast tab, it'll take you to the ordering but you could also book events Is that so how it in works? this so in this particular for this particular one before we did order at the table it was a separate QR that brought you to a landing page that you could see drink menu food menu but you couldn't live order events it. you couldn't order Got from it. it we weren't doing that at the yeah. time we we're still doing full service and then we transitioned to the order at the table again for us it was Let's start out with the ability for somebody to get comfortable with taking a picture and seeing the menu. Yep. Before we're saying, hey, take a picture, look at the menu, 
order your food, order your food again, here are your drinks, here are your drink options and the whole thing. So for us, it was kind of a stepping in process. And to Mark's point, we're continuing to find like, what is that next stepping in point? Because technology is great, but if it's beyond what people are interested in, comfortable with, then it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. And um, for us too, interestingly enough, from day one, we were looking to, in a testament to our venue manager, Ryan, we were looking for a server that was a bartender that could clean and cook and do dishes and all yes. that, right? We're looking for the all in. And then as we transitioned to the order at the table, we became, we sat down as a team, we began to realize that, well, that's not the person we need, actually. Correct. We need the person who's super comfortable with technology. Yeah. We need, hey, I'm your grand order, and I'm going to teach you how to use this thing. And it's called an order at the table system, and I'm super comfortable with yeah. it, right? And and that's the, 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 you know, where we began to build and realize, like, it's not only technology, but it's the technology of who do you need to help deliver that technology? Yeah. And it, it's a totally different person now. And now we have a mix of the younger kids who are super tech savvy in the whole thing and the traditional server full service. And in the blend of those two worlds, we've just begun to see it, but it's like, it's something that we would have never, we have a lot of things to be, uh, um, uh, that, that, disappointed with and hurt with and all those things about the pandemic. And we have a lot of things to be super thankful for. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, this is one running a more efficient business is another where we are in hospitality now is, is nowhere where we'd be pre pandemic. Yeah. And, and I think the industry, you know, has a lot of difficult challenges, but where we are now with it, um, is, is, a, is a benefit because of it. Yeah, I think it's it's super interesting for us thinking of digital hospitality, thinking of this new job code because we're hiring for hospitality and sure. what used to be a traditional position for a host or a traditional position for a server or even a bartender or expo or even heart of the house, you know, technology is enabling us now when someone walks in to our restaurant, to your restaurant, they have a point of sale in their pocket. Right. So why are we complicating that process by forcing them to wait for a server. I mean, I went to a, a restaurant that we love in our neighborhood in East Lake. Uh, we went out to eat, beautiful restaurant, they do a phenomenal job, great food. We got seated. It took 10 minutes for the server to come to us. There was a QR code on the table. The QR code went to a PDF menu. That PDF menu I could not order from. Mm -hmm. I could not place drink order from. I could not order the appetizers. I couldn't order my kid's meal. If they had toast order and pay or something similar, mm -hmm. I would have been able to, it wouldn't have mattered that it took the server that long. Right. And it's, it's these moments where I go to SoFi Stadium where the Chargers play and the Rams play and realize that literally 70,000 people are getting into a stadium with no paper ticket you're literally required to download a ticket onto your phone. Right, right. So it's like the amount of challenges that they have getting that many people into a stadium and they're cashless. So it's like the pandemic has accelerated so much of what we as, as hospitality people at heart that we've feared. It's still going to be a blend though. And it's going to be how do you manage the blend in each of your communities, in each of your concepts? Because your concept is different than another person's concept. What drove you guys to open up My Yard Live? Tell us the Chuck E. Cheese story. 
Well, the, okay, the Chuck E. Cheese story is <laughs> because you love Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> because you, you wanted to build Chuck something just like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Where's exactly. the ball pit? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny when we when we when we built our business plan, we actually had a picture of Chuck E. Cheese in one of the paragraphs, as in this is not where we're going. Yeah, we're like the kid. To, I think the kid was crying. Right? Yeah, yeah, the kid was. It was crying. Chuck E. Chuck cheese. Was <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese is holding the kid. It's like ah, we had that. In yeah. Well, it, you know it's. It's funny when we keep talking about pivoting and, and efficiency and all that. Um, so Jamie and I originally came from the festival production world. We actually own the largest solar-powered soundstage and lighting company in the country. So we were working with the Vans Warp Tour, New Belgium Brewing's Tour de Fat, Outside Lands, who I can't, goes on and on. Um, but that being said, <clears throat> when we, in that world, you're constantly pivoting. You have to pivot on the fly because, yep. you know, the show must go on, I say. And so that's, we were kind of in that mind frame of, of changing things on the fly. So when, when the pandemic hit, it was kind of in our, in our nature to understand how to move quickly and change quickly and pivot with what's going on with the current state of affairs. Um, and also the other piece of that too was is that we were doing all these festivals um, you know, we were doing the pizza fests of the world, the wine and cheese festivals, the beer festivals, and in 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 doing that, we were trying. We were seeing that um, more families were wanting to integrate into these festivals, and quite often, what you saw was a pen that was the beer garden with a dad or a mom on one side of the fence while the other parent was with their kid yes. on the other side of the fence, <laughs> separated, and so they couldn't enjoy that world together, you know? So Jamie and I, you know, that's kind of when the light bulb went off. Like, let's let's do something brick and mortar that kind of encompasses that for us festival spirit, bringing people together, you know, live music, good food, good um, beverages, and, um, and that's kind of how the how it evolved, I'd say. So was, was it brewery first, food first, live events first? Was it the blend? I think it was, I think it was the blend. I mean, this was all, Jamie's talking about the, because this is, this is like significant whiteboarding stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, that, you have, you have a legitimate business. Yeah. yeah. You're doing incredible work, but you're also becoming family men, right? Yeah, exactly. so you're having your family and you realize I don't want to travel. I'm guessing I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm guessing yeah. your, your travel schedule is very heavy. No, and that's a hundred percent. I mean, you nailed it when you mentioned family because, um, Basically, yeah, Jamie was becoming a father. I was already four kids. And so it was the underlying problem was Friday night rolls around. I asked my um, uh, my kids, where do you guys want to go? And I have four kids give me four different answers. <laughs> and it's a knockdown, drag out fight of where we're going to go. Your wife doesn't get a vote? What happened? No, it's always the kids. It's always the kids. Uh, yeah, always the kids. So, always yeah, kids. so okay, that, that was another, yeah, you're, you nailed it on the head. So, you know, that's that was another piece for us that really made sense. The family thing is like, where can we, uh, what space can we create that everyone's going to be happy? Yeah. You know? Mom and dad can get a nice cocktail or a good beer. The food is great, and the kids are um, are having a great time. You know, the funny story is I had some friends come with their two kids. Yeah, and they uh, they were sitting at a table and they they grabbed me and they're like, you know what? I just got to tell you something. It's almost like this was date night. I didn't we didn't see our kids the entire time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're at the playground of or course. playing video games. Yeah, so. I know you have more to add. So. No, I mean. Uh, to that point, I mean, we were in the event production space, so we were... So you we were, sold the company? We did. We sold the company, sold the equipment, turned around. So you of, had to sell this to your wives. Well, so yeah. interestingly <laughs> enough, like, so we were 
traveling, working late nights, early mornings, and the whole thing. And part of it was, you know, the idea of having this lifestyle kind of adjustment, right? And then we got in the midst of opening up 17,000 square feet and we were working seven days a week, 14 <laughs> hours a day and the whole thing. So so that piece of it, it didn't work out as well as we hoped. But, sure. um, and you know, while we were getting there pre-pandemic and really getting things dialed, you know, the pandemic obviously turned things upside down again. But the idea of being able to have the families here, other families here, employees, birthdays, employees, families, friends of friends and coworkers of my wife throwing their daughter's parties here and the whole thing. So all of it, you know, eventually kind of came together, but it was live events, community center, um, first and foremost. And then we were like, well, how, do, how does that, keep the doors open and so we talked about you know the eatery and really as I mentioned earlier our goal of getting to a scratch kitchen because you know this idea of walking into you know your friend's house you know fantasy backyard that whole thing and what does that mean well that doesn't mean buying frozen products and turning it yeah. around flipping burgers for a profit that doesn't mean that that means how can we get as close to Mark's mom's kitchen, your mom's kitchen, my mom's kitchen is absolutely possible. And for us, that was a scratch kitchen. So now we are a scratch kitchen, everything except our breads that we get uh, delivered daily. So, um, and then the other side of it, we're obviously huge beer fans. So it was like, for us, it was an obvious move into, well, home brewer, make your beer, garage, the whole deal, and how do we incorporate that? So the eatery and the brewery part were just um, an obvious part of, of, of the overall project. One of the things that I love about your story is the city of San Marcos and how you guys negotiated and worked with them to form this partnership. Can you guys uh, talk about how that came to fruition and why this ultimately was the, the perfect place for flagship number one? Yeah, well, I mean, we were looking all over San Diego County and when this location was presented to us, you know, initially we didn't even know that the city actually, city of San Marcos owns the building. Yeah. They're a very progressive city. They're in, the, um, not a lot of city cities are in the real estate game that San Marcos is. And so with that, <clears throat> working with them, they were they were great to work with. I mean, the, the red tape, um, there's like there's red tape with when you're building anything, but yeah. they were they, it was uh, the red tape was thinner with them. You yeah. can put it that way, um, and they just they they've like they've been so supportive and even working through us through the pandemic, making sure that you know that we're, we're you know we're still here when this thing moves on. Yeah, and I think for them uh, they had options to put in what a bull weevil and. Yeah, whatever. Hotel. Uh, hotel, a bowl weevil, that kind of thing. And they had visions for this space and their visions aligned with what we were, our visions and what we were trying to kind of pitch and sell and, and build. And um, Tess Sangster, who uh, is the director of uh, business development, development yeah. in San Marcos, um, was on the forefront of that in, in helping us put together that story, put together the vision and, and really um, 
I would say sell it to the city, but it was never, it never felt like a sell. It always felt like a communication, a conversation of mutual aligning visions for what they wanted in this space for their developing demographic around here. And um, I worked years ago in housing here. Um, my first job in California was based out of San Marcos. So when our investor, um, uh, well, future investor brought us here and said, I think I have the space for you. I was like, man, I've worked in San Marcos. I know what it's all about. And he's like, you don't know what it's about now. Mm -hmm. And he drove us around and I did not know what it was about. And they've done an amazing, amazing um, uh, thing here in in developing community and neighborhoods and 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 that whole thing. And, and it just worked perfectly for, for, for Meyer Live and has yeah, worked perfectly. I think that um, the other two with um, Mayor Jones, Mayor Rebecca Jones, is that her vision's always been that, that San Marcos become a destination location. And so for us, when we heard that, it's like, well, let's let's be early adopters in that vision for sure. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the, um, and I think also when we were, um, when we were selling them on us, you know, I think we used the term, we're a community space that happens to have a restaurant and a brewery. That's what we want to do first. So a lot of what we, um, um, a lot of what we do is we do a lot of give back events, whether it's dine outs with the schools or local nonprofits. So that was, you know, all those things aligned with what they were looking for. I, f I almost feel like they said that our vision was their vision, but our vision on steroids. Their, their vision on steroids <laughs> or something. <laughs> so. Rebecca Mayor Jones is very impressive. You know, we met with her. We were looking at the former Phil's space um, as we're looking at expanding. People that listen to this podcast, they might have a dream. They might want to open up a venue. They might want to open up a restaurant. They might want to open up any type of business. They have to raise capital. What tips do you have for selling that vision, doing that storytelling of what you guys actually did? What, what advice do you have? Well, first, put a plan in place, you know, a detailed plan in place. Um, and then, I mean, the biggest piece of advice is is just uh, taking no for an, <laughs> no no's are in, in our world, you know, and, and just really believing, you know, believing in, in what we were creating. I mean, there, there, I don't feel like there was ever a time where Jamie and I were thinking, it, I don't think this is going to happen, right? Like, we felt... For some reason, we, there was just a confidence going on about we're going to make this happen. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think um, you get a lot of no's. You get a lot of business meetings like we sent. James, 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 James yeah. said no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 well, no. you get a lot of business meetings where we're like, Jimmy, we, Jimmy well, said no. Some people no. said like, we nice were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Some people said we were crazy. Did, yeah. I, did I call you? I don't think I called you crazy. <laughs> you might have. I, 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 I don't know. I might have. It was I mean, all honest feedback. Yeah, no, that's a perfect. It was a perfect example of the type of meeting that we took hundreds of times, I, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah. And, you know, you sit down, you get all excited and somebody introduces you and they sound like they're interested and you pitch the vision and they're like, yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think at the core though, and we just had a meeting yesterday talking about it and we try and bring it up as much as we can. And um, again, uh, over the course of the last two years and everything that's transpired, it's, it, it, we just kept talking about like what's our purpose and what's our vision and what's our like why are we here yeah. right like we're not here to flip burgers for profit we're not here to just sell beers for cheap money like that's not why we open this space like why did we open this space and i think 
to answer your question, it's having an authentic, unique vision and story. And honestly, we had that. And, and it wasn't on purpose. I, I, you know, we kind of fell into it by what our lifestyles were, where we were, were and what we were doing and the whole thing. But we fell into this unique, authentic message and story and vision that spoke to people. And I used to work in nonprofits and fundraising in nonprofits is tough because you have something specific that you're like kind of walking into trying to sell, right? And there's a great, lot of great causes out there, right? Special Olympics, special needs, cancer, where, you know, like all these things, there's a lot of great causes, but what makes you different from everything else? And it's that unique, authentic vision and, and thankfully we had it. And I think it spoke to people like you and even people that said no, said, fuck, you have a really great idea. It's not for me, yeah, but you I'll have a there. really, yeah, I'll be there. I'll bring my family there. Yeah. But for me, it's not, you know, I'm not willing to invest in it, but thankfully we had 27 people that amazing. Worked. Yeah. So that's amazing. How many yeah. no's? How many what? How many no's? Oh, God. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows how many no's? <laughs> I mean, man. No, but I mean, uh, fortunately, like our, our friends and family really did step up. You know that um, we ha- we have some great partners, definitely in the mix, in- including uh, George McCarrow, who founded Ted's Montana Grill, and Freddie Bench, who founded Sweetwater Brewing Company. So that's kind of the core team, and those guys have just been in- invaluable with their knowledge of you know, of course, beer and knowledge of of running restaurants. Um, so we had some really good help you know, as far as really pushing this vision through or taking it through the, 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 to the end. And I think that for me was like, when you talk about the turning point of like, you know, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? I think, you know, in my soul, I was like, Hey, this is going to happen. It has to happen. It's going to happen, you know, but you have those voices in your head, like any entrepreneur, any business person, you got, you know, two sides and it's like, well, well, is it, is it really, when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? You know, in the meantime, how are you going to pay your bills? You know, all those things are going through your head. My turning point I think was twofold. One was, uh, George and Freddie being involved. I mean, you know, the things George and Freddie are doing throughout the country in, in their respective industries, hospitality, brewing and the whole thing, and even beyond event space and everything um, is amazing. So the fact that they took time to fly out mm-hmm. to California on their dime and check out this space and sit Walk down with the here. city and, and talk to the city and talk to us. For you know, Mark and I kind of turned this out. Maybe we do have something. Yeah. Like maybe this was, is like really serious here, and it's not only one, but it can be multiples. And and that's when the vision became a little bigger and and and, and real. And the other thing was um, our contractor, our GC who did the whole space, um, Prevost Construction. Jamie did Prevost. phenomenal work. Yeah, phenomenal and work. He's the one. It, it all tied together. So he's the one that introduced us to the space. Um, he's also an investor and he was also our GC and those stories throughout what we've done have continued to grow people's involvement, not only on the investment side, but also, and you know, if I would about, um, uh, a couple of our investors, but the testament to that is during the pandemic, we had people who were regulars that actually approached us 
to invest. Yeah. And we sat yeah. down with them and just were camped and yeah. said, this is not a good investment. Like, right. You're in the middle of the pandemic and you're going to invest in a restaurant. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. Correct. And I don't want to turn down money. But at the same time, this is not a good idea. And we had a couple who were who were, were um, regulars. Um, they have two kids, boy and a girl. And they were regulars. They moved out from the East Coast. They found us and they said, this is our space. We don't want this to go anywhere. And they ended up investing in us in the Amazing. middle of the pandemic and we told them not to. Amazing. So so for us, that kind of re almost reinvigorated us, made us more confident throughout the, the pandemic. Like we are doing something more than just flipping burgers and selling beers. We're doing something for the community and that's why we're here. I mean, what's, what's inspiring to me is seeing you guys on your journey and knowing the confidence from when I first met with you because now that you say it, I knew from that meeting that, first of all, I didn't have money. <laughs> all my money was up in, Cal yeah. as in Cali barbecue. Yeah. So that was up to Jimmy if he was going to invest. <laughs> but what I did know is that you guys were gonna do it. Like I didn't know how it was gonna happen, but I, I, I could feel from how much conviction you had in your story and what you wanted to execute that that would happen. And not only that, that we would continue a relationship down the line. You know, whether that was us coming up to support, whether that was us helping out, whether us having you on the podcast. Now I'm coming up here asking to, you know, have, have a family event here because I love you the space so much. It's so important that anybody listening to this podcast understands that if you don't tell your story, you just don't know who's going to be listening. Mm -hmm. And people will tell you no. You have to get over the fact that they're going to tell you no, because as my mentor teaches me, if you were 25 no's away from what you wanted, how soon would you start asking? But we're all scared of the first no. We're all scared of the second no. I mean, you don't even know how many no's that they told you. The first yeah. time I listened to the podcast that you guys came on and you said that's what kept you up at night is you didn't know if you were gonna be able to raise that amount of money. Yeah. yeah. Now you're here What's the next vision? What's the next vision for My Yard Life? Well, I think the, just to go back a little bit, the nose, I mean, I think there's there's a benefit of being a short, chubby uh, kid. <laughs> and, and that is... How many times you ask your wife out? That is, that is, uh, that is you got a lot of nose. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, you got, you got some confidence from that. But no, I, you know, the, the, uh, the vision... You know, honestly, uh, if you ask me pre-pandemic, what was the vision? You ask me now, what is the vision, right? So pre-pandemic, um, the vision was we wanted to replicate this in as many spaces as possible. Post-pandemic, the vision is we want to replicate this. But mm -hmm. obviously, how do you replicate it in a post-pandemic world yep. where um, venues are getting smaller? Yep. Uh, hospitality is becoming different and ha and how does that mold and how does that look and how does that how does that original vision um, kind of move towards where you are right now so we're interested in rep replicating we want to replicate but more than ever it needs to be in the right space with the right community with the right city with the right partners yeah. and there's no more i think for anybody there's no more hey i'm gonna see if this works boom i don't care if you're cohen or who, whoever you are yeah right i noodles against the wall technique no. isn't work in 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 this um in this environment so 
strategically it needs to be in those right spaces and if it's not right in a right fit in a right mold then we're going to wait and we're yeah. going to continue to develop this as a sustainable profitable business yep. and in the meantime continue to look for those for those partners and for those spaces yeah and you know obviously also you know um, come through with what we promise for our for our investors too. Sure. So that the first step to that is just really focusing on what we have here. Um, yeah. And uh, and making sure that that um, you know we, that at the end of the day we got past this crazy times and here we are and where you know we really you know that's going back to the investors. The other piece of that too is that they've been more than supportive um, throughout these times. Like you you, you get nervous that that. They're going to somehow completely ignore the fact that there's a pandemic going on. That we were shut down six <laughs> months out of 2020. Hey, they, everyone's everyone's just been so positive and saying, "Hey, they, you know, that they, how much they appreciate how we, why that we're still here." Yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of places around here, um, a lot of places. Phil's is gone. Yeah, I mean, Phil's, Phil's is barbecue gone. is a Slater's perfect 50, example. 50, oh, really? Urge. They're gone? Really? Yeah, like all the, all I guess you would say are competitors, although we're, we're a different space, um, they're, they're no longer here. Wow. So. so you guys are an award-winning brewery? Yeah, actually, um, funny enough, through everything that's been going on, uh, the one, no, not one consistent, but the very few things that have been consistent has been our brewing program, um, Shaggy, uh, our brewer, uh, local guy cut his teeth at Lost Abbey. Uh, was with Mason Ale Works for for a number of years as their director of brewing, and um, uh, decided to come over here and wanted to get his hands in more of kind of the creative piece of the brewing or back to the creative piece of the brewing versus the production. And uh, we won our first awards with uh, a sour called Shagtastic's Voyage, um, Shagtastic <laughs> awesome. Voyage, um, and in uh, uh, Red Rover, which is an amber, and that was the San Diego that was International gold. Was the Red Rover. Red is gold, yeah, at yeah. the San Diego International Beer festival and then just this past uh, uh, few months ago mm -hmm. uh, one uh, for our New Zealand uh, IPA at the Great American Beer Festival amazing yeah. and tough category yeah wow. I mean IPA is one of the hottest yeah. categories so being uh, we won a bronze for that so that was huge for us and because of that we picked up some some distribution uh, with brown bag beverages um, again something that changed uh, originally, we were not interested in doing distribution at all um, pre-pandemic, um, and and post-pandemic, it was like, well, hey, we're looking for revenue streams. This isn't a bad thing. But uh, like everything we've done, we stepped into it and we we're strategic about it and wanted to find the right partner. Um, and uh, and Susie over at Brown Bags, uh, Brown Bag Bev, uh, has and her team been been great so far. So that's awesome. So. Uh, Tell me a little bit, we always talk about marketing and social. Um, what's the program here at My Yard Live? On Instagram, at My Yard Live, what's the program? How do you get the word out? Well, again, I, I think, um, you know, we have all the traditional outlets. We do a little bit of uh, Google ads and AdWords and all that good stuff as well. Um, do a little bit of traditional media. We have, um, we have some things coming out um, more recently with uh, a project that we're doing with one of our employees. Um, 
James has uh, been with us since li literally the first day of yep. training. Um, James is uh, has special needs. He's um, uh, uh, has Down syndrome. Um, doesn't define him, but that's 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 what he has. And uh, his mom reached out to us early on and said, uh, "My son is super into beer. We're local. You guys are opening up. He lives with his wife around the corner in an apartment, and he's he'd love to sit down with you guys and and see if it's a good fit." And uh, we were totally all about it being you know community based and just kind of our backgrounds and the whole thing and um he came in first day of training he's been with us ever since through the whole pandemic and the whole thing and we found out uh into it quite a bit uh that he's got three buddies of his he's 35 he's got three buddies of his uh between 35 and 40 years old um they've known each other since they were like eight or something eight seven or eight and have stayed connected and they bond around professional wrestling. <laughs> awesome. Video games and beer. And we've always wanted with Shaggy and Mark, we, we've talked about give back beers. Yeah. What do we want to do? And nothing, there's a ton of great causes out there, but nothing's really ever stuck. And so then we started talking about, well, what can we do to kind of link in people here in the community? And we started talking about James and his buddies that love beer. And um, so we're creating an IPA. Um, they named it. Um, and it, it talk about branding, I, th I think it's going to turn initially when it started with one beer. And then we started to get the San Diego Union Tribune jumped on board. Fox 5 jumped on board. Um, Susie with Brown Bag said, I want to sell this outside and the Amazing. whole thing. So, That's really cool. so I think it's going to turn into a brand, not just a beer. But the beer, this beer is called uh, Four Dudes Brew IPA. Um, because they're the dude group. They call themselves the dudes, the four dudes. That's great. So four dudes brew, they named it. Um, they came out to the venue and Shaggy made hop tea, warm water with hops. And we all smelt it and they smelt it. So they picked all the hops, decided the beer, named the beer. And so what they wanted to do is create a beer that they could then take some of the um, funds from and reinvest it into the community. And so a dollar from every pint sold everywhere. So no matter if it's a pint you buy here or a pint you buy at Cali Comfort, which I hope you'll jump on yes, board with us. Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Look at that. If you don't ask for the sale, you don't get it. Yeah. See? That, yeah. That's a good tip right there. So, gotta, it's even better if you ask on camera. On camera. <laughs> on camera is even better. Yes, 100%. So a dollar from That's every, an old trick. That's, every, a, that's a radio trick. Every, <laughs> every pint sold. Um, is going to go into a kitty and that money which um will total if everything works out depending on the yield and the whole thing might total up to about four grand amazing um we'll go into a kitty and they'll be able to invest it and contribute it to causes and, and things that they're interested in and one of the causes that they're doing is a art gallery called revision and revision is based in hillcrest nonprofit. and what revision does which is I mean, it's super cool and brings everything together is they actually hire artists with special needs and um, those special needs artists are contracted to do art and sell their art out of the gallery. I love it. And so we're going to donate. The guys are going to donate there. Um, to that nonprofit, and that nonprofit has one of the special needs artists 
uh, developing the logo and the brand for the beer. Amazing. So it's like everything kind of came together and the whole thing. So like I said earlier, we're initially we're saying, oh, it's just one beer. It's an IPA. Let's do it. It's a cool thing. And then all this stuff's coming together. And we're like, we sat down with the parents and the guys and we're like, we think this might have some more legs than just the beer. And so uh, we'll see where it goes, but uh, that's the vision behind it. And, um, and, and, and James and, and his buddies are, are doing a phenomenal job. They came in two Saturdays, two Saturdays ago with Shaggy and did the whole brewing process, worked, moved barrels, raked out grain, did the so whole cool. thing. And we have a release party. I don't know when this is gonna go live, but we have a release party this Friday. Um, starts at 5.30, we got a band. Revision's gonna bring some of the artists up. They're going to display some of the art, um, release our logo or versions of the logo for the beer for the Four Dudes Brew. The guys will be here talking about the brewing process, talking about the beer, families, and the whole thing. And um, it's just talking about goosebumps. Yeah. It's just brought for him to be there on our first training day and his mom to reach out. They've become family and friends, and um, all of the guys and their parents have become family and friends too. So it's 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 been super cool. Hopefully, you guys understand how deep the community is and how deep family is. Um, I appreciate your guys' leadership, your vision. I can't wait to see what you guys continue to do. Um, you've got an incredible brand that I know is going to be needed in lots of neighborhoods, not just here in San Diego County, but like you said, sustainability. We're looking at things that what works now, <laughs> we might have to pivot again <laughs> come a year, yeah. but what, what will always yeah. work into the future is hospitality and community. And what you guys have created here is just absolutely incredible. Um, we're going to put links to the show notes, um, everything that we talked about today. Hopefully, we'll get you guys on Clubhouse. Every every Friday at 10 a.m., we do a Clubhouse call, Digital Hospitality. So we get a bunch of people from all over the globe to talk about the episode. Um, we'll have you guys on the Clubhouse app. If you guys are listening, please join us. Um, be sure to reach out. You can DM me at any time, at Sean P. Walchef. Um, follow My Yard Live on all the social handles. And uh, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you, guys. Yeah, really appreciate, appreciate it. And this could be B-roll, but yeah. since it worked before, um, it's th before we, we announced that we we're going to open the spot, we, we sat down with you yes. and set it on tape. So I'm going to say it on tape again, that uh, hopefully moving forward in the next two years, we're going to be uh, opening a spot in, in Eastlake yes. in, in partnership with uh, now we're talking. Comfort. Yeah. Now we're talking. So now yeah. it's on tape. See, no, now we're talking. <laughs> we're, just, we're not cutting this either. We're not even cutting this because we've already had conversations. This is the power of podcasts. This is the power of community. It's the power of why I feel passionate about what we're doing is that a rising tide lifts all ships and a rising tide also lifts all boats. My best friend, uh, Jack Harris, who I literally owe everything to, he's been just an incredible supporter of this podcast, of our business, of my family. But he explained to me one time the difference between a boat and a ship. Do you guys know what the difference is? A boat can go on a ship. You are absolutely correct. Wow. A boat can go on a ship, a ship cannot go on a boat. 
So we say a rising tide lifts all ships, and we say that because we're recruiting other ships. We're trying to find other like-minded people that are crazy as fuck like we are, that are crazy <laughs> as fuck like you are, but that have the heart to do the right thing and to build the things for the community in hospitality, and we couldn't be more excited to do it. So Eastlake, we're coming for you. You heard it here first on this 2023, podcast. 2023, Documenting this journey. One last comment. I think that we both would like to thank our wives for putting up with us. Yes, 100%. Thank you, Rosita. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Mila. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Esther. Correct. Without, without the wives, we, we would have nothing. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Yeah. Stay, stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to come over here and, uh, and join us for a party over at My Yard Live San Marcos. Thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate you guys. You. Yep. Appreciate it. Boom. Yeah.